It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's Coaching Coordinator Podcast, we talk about how building relationships outside your position group can help the overall camaraderie of the team. We're going to get into explosive returns, and we're going to discuss how being successful can lead from a, a philosophy of just being where your feet are. And joining me is the safeties coach and special teams coordinator at Baylor, Matthew Pollage. Matt, great to have you here on the podcast. Man, great to be here, Keith. I really appreciate it. So, Coach, for you, uh, this idea of becoming a coach, you told me, started back when you were in high school. At 16 years old, you decided this was something you wanted to do. How did that come about for you? So, I think um, for me at 16 years old, I was kind of the, the, the man of the house. Um, and, um, you know, I was looking for um, maybe a little bit of uh, guidance. And, um, you know, as a young man, kind of kind of making that uh, transition at that age, I felt like a lot of people that were having uh, an impact on my life and shaping me into the man I am today um, were, were coaches. And um, I was learning a lot of lessons uh, through athletics, uh, specifically football. And there were some football coaches that were making a real difference on me. And um, in saying that, um, I, yeah, I realized that at a young age and, and said, hey, um, it's been so uh, impactful in my life that, you know, I, I want to do the same thing one day. And I want to be like some of these guys um, that are putting a hand on my shoulder and coaching me up, um, not just in football, but in life. And so that was kind of the spark right there. Uh, I think I didn't know that I wanted to coach college until I got to college. I think uh, I thought I wanted to be the head coach at Huntsville High School where, where I played in, in Huntsville, Texas. But um, um, once I got to college and I got a taste for, um, you know, college football, that's kind of where uh, I transitioned and wanted to be a college coach. So you look back to the beginning of your coaching career and those first opportunities, you know, what were some of the lessons or the things you learned early on that were, impactful and are a big part of who you are today yeah so um i think you know for me i, I look back in at um, my high school experience and one of the uh quotes that always stuck out that our our high school coach um told us um and i think um you know talking to you i think it maybe came from tom coughlin or at least maybe um he made he popularized it but being where your feet are 
And for me, that when I was when I was first um, kind of exposed to this quote, right, um, it was my high school coach talking to me about, hey, you know, don't worry about you know college ball right now, right? Um, yeah, I know you want to play college ball, but be where your feet are. You know, if you can um, be the best high school football player you possibly can for this football team, and you can work hard towards um, your goals here, then those dreams and those aspirations will kind of fall into place. Um, and so when I got into the profession, it was really along the same lines. I saw a lot of people that, you know, were, were job hunting 24-7. They were more worried about the next next place they were going. They weren't really worried about this place or that place. And that quote kind of stuck with me and it resonated with me that, hey, man, if, if um, you know, if I want great things to happen um, in this profession, you know, I need to be the best possible coach that I can be. Um, at such and such school. I need to be the best GA that I possibly can be at Southeastern Louisiana. And um, that was that was kind of my drive, my work ethic. I was going to outwork everybody and and, uh, and be where my feet are, be at that place. And then hopefully, you know, somebody will recognize and and um, and, and hopefully, you know, be rewarded. But that was that was kind of that. I felt like I learned that early on in the profession. And, and um, that's kind of stuck with me. How does that take taking that approach compared to you know, being being the guy who's the the lobby lizard at AFCA, or uh, you know, is constantly uh, on his laptop on on football scoop, looking at what the next opportunity is. You know, uh, how does taking the approach of just being where your feet are versus always being you know hyper aware of oh this opportunity is that op- opportunity is open, um, you know, a, a better approach? Do you feel? Yeah. Well, see, I think it. I think it's fine, like to have dreams, right? Like hey, I want to be the head coach for the Dallas Cowboys one day, right? But I don't think, like, calling the Dallas Cowboys and asking them, like, hey, can <laughs> can, can, can I come be the head coach next year? I don't think that's going to necessarily get it done, right? And so, for me, it's like, okay, short term, like, what do I have to do, like, where I'm at? So, like, at Southeastern Louisiana, you know, it was – you know, hey, I want to be, you know, 100% every single day. Like, I want to come in here, be consistent, give 100% effort, and just constantly work the process. And um, and so that process for me, you know, might have included, you know, making coffee and then, you know, taking notes for the offensive staff during the film sessions and then typing them up and then handing them out, you know, that afternoon and then, you know, doing whatever I had to do, whatever was asked and, and uh, you know, coming in with a good attitude every day and, and uh, I think that is, is is ultimately, you know, more rewarding on both ends. And um, and, and that's kind of been the uh, the formula, you know what I mean, that, that, that I've used, I guess. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know the other way, uh, really. I've just kind of seen it from afar. And, and um, you know, it's a little bit different to me, um, that whole that whole aspect. I'm sure I'm sure it can work in some ways, too. I just felt like, um, um, you know, that being where your feet are and, um, being the best at, at your specific job at that point in time that's that's the that's the route route for me yeah you, you mentioned yourself as as like a high energy guy and certainly this is about where you're going to put your energy and focus and it you know when you put it into the job you're doing um, obviously you have a, a much better chance of of uh, success and helping others along the way as well and you know that's that's gone a long way for you and in, in being able to um, provide some energy for the team because you're in your your position as special teams coordinator. You're really one of three guys who really touches the whole program. It's the head coach, it's the strength coach, and it's the special teams coordinator. So for you, 
you do develop those relationships outside your room. How important is that for you? And, you know, what results have you seen of really being able to just step out of, of coaching that single group of players? Yeah. So, so for me, you know, I've seen, I've seen big results from it and I probably didn't realize it until I got into special teams early on in my career. I was on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I was a graduate assistant for our offensive line. I was a tight ends coach. I was a running backs coach. And then all of a sudden I had the opportunity uh, to be a graduate assistant in 2013 uh, for Bradley Del Pivoto at the university of Kentucky. And I got my kind of first taste of what that was like. And I think the thing that I, I realized really that next year I'm at Sam Houston State as the special teams coordinator is, wow, I'm, I'm coaching everybody. And I always thought, you know, a, a coach should really get to know his players, you know, should really work on the relationship aspect of everything, building those relationships, uh, getting to know where they're from, their story, uh, who they are, right? Um, and so for me, you know, that was really getting to know the whole team. Um, you know, we had O-linemen in field goal protection meetings, and then we had D-linemen in field goal block meetings, and then we had the quarterbacks also. Some uh, There was a couple of them that were holders for us, and the next thing you know, if there was 110 on the roster, I was getting to know everybody. And some people, you know, may, that may seem exhausting to some people, but I, I really enjoyed it. I'm kind of a people person, and, uh, you know, I noticed that it went a long way. And, um, and so in building those relationships, I just felt like you, you got more out of, the, out of the players. They were willing to go above and beyond for you. Uh, I had a coach in high school that, you know, at, at that point in time, if he told me to jump off a cliff, I would have. And I think a lot of it was just the relationship um, that he had with me, right, and how real he was with me, um, how truthful I trusted him. And so in, in saying that, you know, I think you, you'd be amazed what you can get out of your players um, if you pour into them. And so that's, that, that's been me. Now, do you think, you know, someday along the line, let's say you become a defensive coordinator and you got that one side of the ball, is that something you're going to make a point to uh, make sure that you're expanding outside just your unit? Yeah, absolutely. Because you never know who you can reach and who you can impact, right? Um, and what type of relationships that you can find on that football team. I just think from a camaraderie, from a morale standpoint, um, and then, you know, reaching some kids because you might have a different connection with them and you don't know until you try. Um, and so I think that's that's really unique. And that's something that really um, um, Coach Aranda is really bu building here at Baylor, I think, that makes us unique, you know, I mean, as a program in general, is we're really becoming a close-knit um, staff. We're becoming a, a close-knit team. And just all the way across the board, um, you see different relationships um, on different sides of the ball. And it's not just uh, me as the special teams coordinator, but um, it's really other coaches on our staff too. So I think that's really, really cool. I think it, I, I think it's going to be a difference maker for us. Um, and in my past, I've seen it be a difference maker um, for me and other coaches. Getting into the special teams aspect of, of what you do, uh, definitely on, on the kickoff return side of things, uh, you've been able to see a lot of explosive returns. So, just looking, first of all, at the overall uh, objective of what you're trying to accomplish in that unit, how do you set up, you know, in the framework of, all right, guys, here's here's what we're trying to do. Here's our big objectives. Yeah, so we look at it as, a, as a, a, an attacking offensive play. You know, we want to be on the attack. We're not a, you know, hey, it, it's got to be perfect for us to return the football. 
no, we want to we want to make sure that um, we're giving our offense the best field position possible. And so that's always kind of been the mindset there. And, um, you know, dating back 2017, I think we led the country in uh, a kickoff return touchdowns. We had four. And I really noticed that year, like once we started being explosive on that phase of the game, uh, people started uh, sky kicking us, squib kicking us. And next thing you know, we're getting we're still getting great field position out of it. So since then, like that's been the goal is like, hey, you know, let's be explosive. Let's 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 be on the attack. Right. Let's create big returns. And the result of that is, you know, people are going to kick away from other people and and uh, they're still going to give you good field position. I think in 18, we, we might have led the country in uh, uh, explosive return. Same thing in 19. And, and both of those years, we were, you know, top 20 in the country and kickoff return average. And then, you know, dating to this year, I think we had uh, seven returns of 40, 40 plus yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, now all of a sudden you got people squibbing you and giving it to you at midfield or sky kicking you and, and, and the same result, right? So um, that's been big for us is to try to help our uh, football team win the field position battle. Um, and, um, that's been, that's been really fun. So when you do start to become successful at that unit, you start to see less and less of, you know, the returnable kicks, you know, obviously everybody wants to put it through the end zone if they can. Um, you see a lot of teams now using that fair catch to move the ball up. What, what's the approach you guys take? You want to still attack with that? Are you going to take what they give? You know, what's, what's been that philosophy? Yeah, so we usually study in the, um, uh, you know, in the week week to come, early on in the week, our, our opponent. And uh, if they have the ability to hit touchbacks, you know, what is the actual, you know, hang time of that kick? And so we might adjust exactly, you know, what our line is, exactly what we're going to bring out or what we won't bring out, um, just based on how long that ball is in the air and what the team speed is on the other, on, on the other uh, side of the kick. So that's always kind of a starting point. Now, as far as like sky kicks, squib kicks, um, we're, we're, we're not a fair catch or just secure uh, operation on that end of things either. Like uh, we, we want to field them and we want to get vertical right now. So if you're going to sky kick it at the 20 or the 25, like our goal is to, you know, get that ball out there to the 35 or the 40. Um, and so that takes work. And um, we start, you know, that's kind of where we start day one with kickoff return and spring ball and fall camp is we want to have a foundation and let our guys know, like, look, we're starting with this. And the reason why is because we're going to be so dangerous and so explosive that we're going to get this, whether it's week three, week five, week seven. You know, there's going to be a point in time this year where people concede of hitting the ball deep to number one and number three, and they're going to start hitting it to number 44. And, you know, we want to, we want to be just as dangerous and give our uh, offense the, uh, uh, the same advantage of starting close to midfield. From uh, a schematic um, perspective, how much do you guys carry in terms of uh, different types of returns? And is there a, a sweet spot for you with that? Yeah, so for me, you know, we go into fall camp and we're going to really teach a, uh, we're going to teach, you know, kind of our our sky squib alternate adjustment. Uh, We're going to teach a a boundary return. We're going to teach a field return. And then we'll also teach a counter. For me, I've kind of um, categorized the difference between a field and a counter as basically like our field return is like, hey, we're taking it back to the field. And if you know it, great. We don't care. Hey, we got all that space back to the field and, and we're going to utilize it. 
um, our counter for us has been like a setup, like almost like a surprise, like, ha ha, gotcha. You know what I mean? Um, so that's been, that's been kind of the difference between those. Um, and so in saying that, you know, we'll go, we'll enter the season with that and then we might just tweak them here or there. Uh, but typically we'll go into a ball game with, with probably three returns, uh, really, really working, uh, uh, two, um, you know, something to the boundary, something to the field to complement it. And then, um, going in there with that sky adjustment. So you can usually build on that or maybe tweak it just a hair, but, um, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not someone that's going to be drawing up a, uh, uh, brand new returns every week and make it complicated. And I want our guys to play fast and, um, really, I want to stress the, the one-on-one matchups that are happening all over the field. In your approach to coaching up the, the kick return, uh, how are you utilizing the time you have, you know, is there individual, is there group, uh, how much of, of the full speed reps, you know, are you allotting with that kind of time? Yeah, absolutely. So um, typically um, one time a week, um, we're going to use a uh, eight minute period uh, for us on special teams for kickoff return. Um, and that's going to be dedicated to us uh, getting basically uh, group reps. Um, so we, we usually break that down and get, uh, you know, a half line rep, a half line rep for us would be like the three, uh, 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 we're a six-man front line, so three front line players uh, getting a rep uh, going against the backside of the kickoff unit away from the kick, uh, and then we'll go uh, the second part of that half-line drill would be um, the other three front line players going with the back line um, and the returners. Um, so that would be a half-line rep. Then we would go into two full group reps. So we're basically getting three reps uh, with uh, the ones and twos in an eight-minute period uh, one time a week. And then um, uh, usually later on in the week, um, we'll have uh, uh, a four-minute period where we're going to hit some alternate kicks, some skies, some squibs, um, maybe a surprise on side, um, and, and really try to stress our guys and make sure that we're ready if, if those things uh, arise on a Saturday. And then, um, you know, Sundays um, and on bye weeks, um, that we'll try to brush, brush up on our fundamentals, our techniques, um, and really get some drill time in. So that's been kind of the goal, and, and we try to stay consistent and hard to that and continue to chop wood throughout the season. I know some of the guys who really have to be the most fundamentally sound on the kick return are your front-line guys. They, they've got the farthest run in order to get to their drop points to execute their blocks, and you know they have, you know, in doing that, they're running you know, with, with, with their head turned, being able to see where their guy is, et cetera. Um, what are the best drills you have for working that aspect of the return? Yeah, so for me, um, the one that I love the best is is really our day one drill. You know, we, we take those guys um, and go basically three at a time. So the, the, the three frontline players, maybe to the left of the picture, the three frontline players to the right of the picture. Um, we'll go a ref where we'll have the kicker basically swing through like he's kicking in a direction. We'll have a returner back there and an off returner. And for us, basically what we're working is um, basically what we call, we, we, we incorporate a jab step, which I could, um, I could probably spend five minutes just talking about that. But we incorporate our jab step. We sprint back and find the returner. So that's one of the, the first, first parts of the drill that's extremely important, find the returner. Um, so we'll have one of the returners throw his hand up like he's catching the ball. We'll have the other, other returner sprint um, um, to that opposite returner 
And um, so they're basically working their drop, seeing the returner in their drop, um, and then they're getting back there to the proper yard line, sprinting with hot feet, and then we do a mat drill basically from there. Uh, we don't ask them to seat roll, but we ask, we'll shuffle them left with a, with a good base, shuffle them right with a good base, and then we wanna, uh, want them to finish the drill by attacking for five yards because we're a little bit different. We're a little bit unique on the front line of kickoff return. Um, we're not going to sink and pedal quite as much as some people. We're not just trying to catch and absorb. Uh, we're more trying to strike and um, uh, trying to draw a line in the sand, if you will. Um, so that's, that's probably a little bit different, but that's a great drill for us just to start off and kind of, um, one, you know, I, I want those guys to understand that they're going to have to sprint back there. Two, find the returner. Uh, and then three, get set up quickly and be on the attack. When you look at that type of technique, now do you do you maybe use a different type of personnel than other people do? Who who are you looking to fill those roles? Yeah. Um, so for us, um, usually on the backside, away from the kick, we'll, we'll play with a little bit uh, better athletes. Um, you know, fluid hips. Uh, those some of those cutoff blocks. Um, I think more so on the front side of the kick, though, we're usually looking for um, uh, bigger personnel. Um, that might be uh, bigger running backs, uh, maybe an athletic tight end, um, uh, maybe linebacker bodies, bigger DBs, um, because we're a little bit more um, uh, stern, I guess you could say, and we're a little bit more stout at the point of attack. Um, but to me, it's really more about a mindset than it is um, so much as about um, – um, hey, you got to have this body type. Um, so there's got to be a little bit of courage, um, you know, uh, in a frontline player, in my opinion. Um, and so and I, I kind of go back to the, the first uh, uh, spring practice that I had at Louisiana Lafayette. I had a receiver come up to me that he was starting receiver for us. He said, Coach, I just want to let you know how much I'm enjoying, um, you know, what we're doing right now, kickoff return. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, he said, I felt like a year ago it was all about, like, catching, you know, absorbing, trying to trying to settle, you know, turn the guy the opposite direction of the return. He said, I feel like here, like, we're, we're the hammer, like we're not the nail. And so that really kind of resonated for, for me as well. It's like I'm giving these guys an opportunity to actually win this rep um, as opposed to, um, you know, I think sometimes, like, you feel like, you may have won the rep because of what you did, uh, but you felt like you lost the rep, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. on kickoff return. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, in, in saying that, that's uh, that's kind of what we've gone to, and we've had some success with it. In in looking at really either aspect of of uh, special teams, the the kickoff or the punt, uh, the return team seems to be more more vulnerable to those penalties, right? The block in the back, et cetera. Uh, what, uh -huh. what kinds of tips do you have to your players to help avoid those, or what kind of techniques do you use that help avoid those types of penalties? Yeah, absolutely. So um, on kickoff return and punt return, we use a lot of the same terminology, um, a lot of like penalty beaters or penalty saving drills. Um, so for kickoff return, you know, we really stress, you know, having our hands inside, thumbs up, elbows in, tight hands uh, when we strike and engage. Uh, we talk about if our hands get outside our framework, you know what I mean? We want to, we want to basically, we call it long arm to dead arm. So um, for instance, if, uh, if my hands are getting outside the left side of my framework, then I'd want to drop the left arm, right? And I'd want to extend my right arm uh, and go long with it. And now just basically try to uh, uh, 
you know, try to um, uh, wash the guy away and, and, and stay between him and the returner. Um, so in saying that, that's, that, that's one of them right there. That's one of the main, main coaching points. Um, if I get beat, you know what I mean? Then I'm going to find the returner. I'm going to try to go to, go to the returner and, and, and see if I can, uh, uh, cut that guy off at an intersection point. So, um, if, if that's, if that's applicable, then, then that's number two, that's what we want to do if we've uh, lost the rep initially. Uh, and then number three, uh, for us, um, we talk about within 10 yards of whoever's got the ball. Um, if I can't, if I can't make a block on this guy, if I can't cut him off, um, if I can't get to a spot and shield him away from the returner, then we would just want to cut bait. Okay. And, uh, I tell them the guys that we're going to put back there are the returners are some of the best athletes on our team. And we want them, you know, uh, to understand that, yeah, we want to make the block, but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, some of these guys have the athletic ability to make people miss an open field. Right. So if you can uh, um, uh, save us from getting a penalty and just turn back up field and if he can make one guy miss and now all of a sudden he's up to the second level where you are and you're blocking somebody else that maybe got free late or just, you know, double teaming and leading, now all of a sudden we got a chance to create an explosive. Um, so those are probably the top three things that I would say um, that we've used in those type of situations um, to avoid penalties. Um, and we really coach the, coach the mess out of them. Um, if it shows up on tape at practice, then, you know, we want to make sure that we show it to our team. If it shows up in a game, right, then we want to make sure that we're showing it to our team. And that could be on both sides of it. It could be our kickoff team was running down there and the opposing kickoff return team got called for a penalty. You know what I mean? I'll talk to everybody in, 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 in the room that's on our kickoff return team and say, hey, see this? This is a good lesson for us on the other side of it. They made a poor decision. Right, and it cost the team, you know, whatever, 15 yards or half the distance to the goal line. So looking at the other side of the equation, the kickoff, you guys become known for some movement within there. And certainly if you can do movement right, and this is this really is defensive principle too, if you can do movement right and everybody maintains their uh, quote-unquote gap integrity or lanes yep. in this case, uh, you know, it could cause some issues for – uh, for a team. So for you, what's the, I guess, the philosophy behind, you know, how you guys set that up? Yeah. So I think looking at it from a return perspective, and I think this is uh, one of the reasons why, uh, you know, I kind of went with it is because I felt like, um, you know, some of the movement uh, used to give us trouble on kickoff return. And, um, you know, we had to, we had to work it. Well, um, so for me, I, I kind of wanted to implement it uh, from a kickoff perspective. And I think the first year I was moving people just to move people and, and, and trying to be cute. Um, so what we've done the last few years is, you know, we've really tried to teach whole concepts um, so where we can move uh, players around uh, positionally um, and still get, um, you know, the integrity of, of the coverage, uh, keep that intact. Um, so we've moved guys around from a personnel standpoint where they might have played this position last week. Um, they might be playing another position uh, the next week. Um, you know, we've, we've uh, moved people before the ball's been kicked, whether that's a waterfall or uh, some type of motion pre-kick. Um, we've uh, post-kick, we've twisted and turned guys, um, things like that. Um, and typically, you know, it's me kind of studying what the return team does um, and then saying, okay, here's where they're vulnerable. Um, here's where we may, maybe can implement some type of stunt or some type of movement and make things really, really hard on them. 
maybe get a one-on-one situation that we really want. Uh, where we feel like one of our better players is against somebody that, that, that you're not real high on. Um, so different things like that for us has been key in that phase of the game. Um, so it's it, it's been fun. It really is. When you look at uh, the punt side of things, too, again, another thing maybe unique to you. You're a shield team, uh, yet you split your gunners out. How do you feel that's advantageous? And I guess how do you prevent that situation where – you're, you're kicking guys back inside because I've seen teams try to do that, but then they get dictated to by, uh, by the re- return team a little bit. Yeah. So for us, um, you know, um, on that phase of the game, uh, you know, we feel like from a punter perspective and from a uh, flyer perspective um, that it's our job to force fair catches and eliminate return opportunities. And so we set a goal at the beginning of the year, like, hey, we're going to force, you know, 50% fair catches, you know, basically based off, you know, kick placement or hang time uh, and based off the speed that we play at the gunner positions. Well, okay, well, if we're going to count on basically those two cover, main cover guys being those two gunners doing that, um, then it's a whole heck of a lot easier when they're in a uh, receiver or racing stance out on the edge, right? And on the, on the snap, they're not having to worry about coverage. And so for us, a lot of it has start, started with operation. You know, I think you got to have a, a snapper. I think you got to have a, a punter that can get the ball off, um, you know, an ample amount of time. I think that's key. Um, I think um, you have to have the ability to, to change or switch the protection based on look and still feel comfortable uh, about your coverage. And so that's something that, that we work uh, tremendously hard at. Um, and then lastly, I think you've got to have change-ups. Right. I don't think it can always be the same as, um, you know, I don't think anybody uh, for us, you know, can usually look at our tape and say, okay, well, if we line up like this, this is what we're going to get. Um, so we have base rules. We go into fall camp, we drill those rules hard. Uh, and then we have a couple of change ups that we can do, uh, whether that's from a protection um, standpoint or whether that's, uh, you know, shifting or motion in a guy. Um, and now all of a sudden uh, you become kind of hard to read and you're, you have the ability to leave those gunners out there and, and just let them do what you've asked them to do uh, back day one of a uh, punt install meeting. Coach, when you look at everything you do with your guys, whether that's as a safeties coach, the special teams coach, the guy who's building relationships with the quarterback, whatever it might be, what's the, the one thing that really gives your guys the winning edge? Yeah, I think for me, um, it's all built around, you know, the energy and the passion that I bring every single day. And um, I think if I can get um, our players to kind of feed off that, right, and, um, and um, you know, they kind of share that same energy and passion, I think it comes out in what they do out on the football field. Um, you know, to me, that's everything. And I, I love the game of football. Um, it's probably my greatest passion. Uh, when I come out on the field, you know, it, 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 um, it just comes out of me. Um, so in saying that, um, I think that's um, that's that's kind of our advantage. Just the the the, the uh, burn, you know, that we have inside our gut, you know, to play the game, to coach the game. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be more enthusiastic about it than you are. Uh, we're gonna have more of a desire, um, you know, to compete and win um, than you are, just because of how much we poured into it, how much we care about each other. Um, and, uh, I think that, that kind of makes us go the extra mile. Um, so in saying that, um, I would say maybe that's our, that's our advantage is really, 
uh, the relationships that we built each other and then our passion for each other and the game. Coach, for our listeners, what areas do you recruit? Um, so specifically, uh, I, you know, I recruit uh, San Antonio and Austin um, and then surrounding areas, um, mostly in the state of Texas. So we'll, we'll positional recruit as well, and we'll go outside the state to positional recruits, whether that's specialists or safeties for me specifically. Um, but those those are the primary areas for me. And the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Uh, best way, uh, probably either through uh, Twitter uh, or or even email. You know, I do I do, do a decent job of uh, checking email daily uh, in the morning time when I first get to work, and then you know I try to do a great job of responding to that as well. What's your Twitter handle, Coach? It'd be at Coach Pallage. Coach, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and joining us here on the podcast and breaking down some of your special teams for us. And you know, best of luck to you and the Bears in 2021. Thank you so much, Keith. It was an awesome experience and wishing you guys the best. Y'all have a great day. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Please, if you are enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes or Spotify and click five-star for a rate if you have a minute. Write a review. It really helps the podcast. Check out our new home for the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. That's at coachandcoordinator.com. And follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.